0: For the persecuted.
1: Welcome again. My name is Todd Nettleton. As we broadcast this week, we have just come through IDOP season, the International Day of Prayer for Persecuted Christians. We are just a few weeks away from entering into a new year, 2023. I hope you understand our persecuted family members need our prayers more than one day a year. And we're going to talk specifically about how you can be a part of God's work in a specific country through your regular prayer commitment to that country and to God's work there. You know, I'll never forget meeting a Vietnamese pastor, and he said this. He said, when you pray for Vietnam, you are working right alongside us in Vietnam. Our guest today has been working in the same country for more than 20 years through his prayers. More than 20 years ago, Peter Smith adopted the country of Iran, the Islamic Republic of Iran, making the commitment to regularly pray for that nation, for its people, for its leaders, for the work of God there. Peter, welcome to The Voice of the Martyrs Radio.
2: Todd, it's great to see you again. Thank you so much.
1: Where did this whole idea come from, to adopt a country?
2: Well, it was about 20 years ago. We were working with a nonprofit organization who had a special focus on evangelism. And the leader of that group says, you know, we've got a list of countries that are really hard, that are really difficult, you know, maybe because of war, religion. And so he says, why don't you guys pray and ask the Lord to find one of those countries that you could adopt. So I talked to uh, one of their leaders uh, in the Middle East, and I'm going to call him George. I said, George you get to work with a lot of hard countries, difficult countries in that part of the world, in the Middle East. Tell me, which is the hardest? And he said, Iran.
1: So what did it look like once you said, okay, we're going to adopt Iran? What did that mean? Or or how did that affect, you know, how you prayed on a daily basis?
2: Well, one of the things that this conference talked about is whatever country you adopt, if possible, you should travel to that country, because while you're in the country, God will give you his insights. And so the little catchphrase was walking on site to gain God's insight. So I thought, oh, great, let's go to Iran.
1: <laughs> a lot of Americans <laughs> have had that thought. <laughs> 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 we'll just take a vacation. It'll be wonderful.
2: Yeah, it's on everybody's bucket list. You know, <laughs> let's go to the Middle East and travel to Iran. Well, there was a slight problem. At that time, Uh, Americans could not travel to Iran. And so we waited. We waited about six months. And one of those great uh, American TV networks, alias CNN, interviewed the president then of Iran. And in his interview, he says, we want to invite Americans to come to Iran as tourists.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And you said, that's our cue. That's my
2: cue. So we filled out the visa application, sent it in got approved. And so there were a couple of us that went inside. And Todd, I'll have to tell you, everything that you see in the news about Iran is exactly the opposite of what we saw.
1: Because what we see in the news is people with guns marching in the streets shouting death to America. (laughs) (laughs) So you're on the ground there, how did that change the way you prayed? Or, or what did you learn by being there and seeing the country and meeting the people that really strengthened your ability to pray effectively for the country?
2: Well, one of the things that we did is we went to different kinds of cities. For example, we went to one city where there's a major, major university. And so I thought, you know, if I was in America and I would go to a major U.S. city where there's a university, there might be some ways that I could pray for the professors, for the students. And so when we were in that, that particular city, that's how we prayed. Lord, some of these professors someday might have a dream or a vision of you. And when that happens, help them to understand who you are. And then another city we went to is very cultural. It's more into arts. And so we went into the bazaars, the shopping centers. And amazingly, when we would walk in, and the shop clerk would say, where are you from? And we would say, America, he says, oh, please go back to America and tell all your friends that we are not terrorists. We love Americans. Wow.
1: <laughs> what came out of that visit? I, I mean, and I think first is the kind of change of mind from this is a country that hates America. Everyone there is mad at us to wait. I've been there. They love America. They are kind, welcoming, generous people. How did, that, how did that filter back into your prayers?
2: Well, in my time in reading the scriptures, I began to reading through especially the Old Testament and realized that Iran is mentioned so many times. For example, the books of Esther and Nehemiah are in a city called Susa. Well, Susa is located in Iran. And so all of a sudden when I would read the Old Testament, it came alive because I had actually walked in some of the cities talked about. (laughs) You know, it's like the people who visit the Holy Land. Mm -hmm. They say that when they read the Gospels, when they read how Jesus went from this city to this city, it just comes alive. And so what I saw for that one time I was there, all of a sudden the Old Testament stories came true. For example, like Daniel, part of his time when he was serving Persian kings, we actually were in a palace where Daniel... Served, and so I you know you could try to visualize okay, here comes Daniel. He wakes up in the morning, he's taking his walk to pray, and did he actually walk where I'm walking right now? That just blew me away.
1: It changes your whole mindset i I haven't had the chance to go to Israel. I hope that opportunity will come, uh, but I have been to Turkey and been to ephesus and that sitting in the amphitheater in Ephesus, reading the story of Paul in the amphitheater in Ephesus very different than sitting, you know, in my living room reading that same story. How did American Christians respond to, as you shared this burden and, and about this country? Because Partly, I think, because most Americans identify Iran as our enemy. So why are you, you know, why did you adopt our enemy country? Couldn't you have adopted a <laughs> friendly country?
2: Initially, people kind of question, why would you do this? Because the two emotions that they have when they think about Iran, their opposites. Fear, fear what might happen. And believe it or not, Christians have a hatred for the leaders of Iran, not the country, but the leaders. And I can understand that. But as they began to hear how God is moving in a special way through dreams, through visions, through satellite TV, through some of the ministries that Voice of the Martyrs supports, then they began to see, oh, God is working in a special way. So then the next question is, how can I be a part of that?
1: And you have been a part of it, started out with prayer, but it's become a lot more than that. (laughs) And I know some of this we can't even talk about, but let's talk about the American part of that, because I know you and your wife have made a significant conscious effort when you meet Iranians to say, hey, we love your country. Mm -hmm. How does that filter into your life right here in America?
2: Here's something that we would encourage you to do. Before you leave your house, ask the Lord to give you an opportunity to meet maybe somebody from Iran, from the Middle East, maybe it's somebody from Latin America. But just ask the Lord, who can I meet today that I can minister to? When we have done this, people, first of all, are amazed that we would even come up to them because sometimes when we see the woman in the scarf in the store or we see an Arab man, we do have that fear. And so we don't know, how do I do this? Yeah. But the passage in the New Testament that really has touched our heart is when Jesus walked into the multitudes, he had compassion. And so you know, I would encourage your listeners, when you see that Middle East woman, ask the Lord for the same compassion that Christ had. And when that happens, you will be amazed. You will truly be amazed to see she will begin to open up because she has children just like you've got children. She's got a husband that she either loves or (laughs) is challenged by. And so what I'm saying is that woman that you meet has a felt need. How can you, as an American woman, reach out to that Arab or Persian woman? And then in that short moment while you're shopping and you happen to meet her, end your conversation with, how can I pray for you? And you will be surprised. Even some of them will let you pray right on the spot in the middle of a shopping aisle briefly. I mean, do not it's not one of those five-minute prayers. <laughs> but, you know, just pray, Lord, bless this woman, bless her family, and uh, pray that someday she'll come to know who Isa Messiah is.
1: And the interesting thing to me, and we've had conversations, I think particularly with Tom and Joanne Doyle, who reach out to Middle Easterners, how open they are. We have this idea that, you know, they probably don't want to talk to us or it somehow will offend them, but just how gracious and open they are when you take that first step and even just say hello. Mm -hmm. It's it's (laughs) not rocket science. You don't have to have a PhD in theology or linguistics. You just have to say hello how much of an open door that is to to build relationship and ultimately share the gospel?
2: sure, I would even encourage your listeners if they can, like during the holidays, maybe it's Thanksgiving or Christmas or whatever, invite that family into your home, and again, you will be truly amazed to see how open they are and so excited because a lot of these international people have never ever been invited to an American's home.
1: They are far from home, often isolated from family, feeling, I mean, imagine if we packed up and moved to a completely different country, how mm-hmm. out of sorts we would feel. They have all those same feelings. We can be a blessing, just like you say, strike up a conversation. Let's have coffee. Come on over. Have a meal with us. I know that happens in your home a lot. <laughs> can you share some stories of, of some of those relationships and and how God has, has used that?
2: I'll try to give you a couple conversations that recently have happened. A family member of ours recently had an operation. And so while they were getting ready for the operation, here was a Persian lady. And so the member of our family had a chance to talk to them. And to make a long story short, that pre-op nurse has now come to a church service with us. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) And so, you know, it's just one of those divine appointments, we call them. Or in another case, I was um, having lunch one day at a restaurant and noticed that this, he looked like he was from Iran. And so uh, an easy pickup line, if you want to use that term, is what country are you from?
1: (laughs) I I use that all the time.
2: (laughs) And sometimes they'll say I'm either from Iran or most of the times I say I'm from Persia. Interesting. And so I said, you know what? I had a chance one time many years ago to visit your country. And it's like their eyes just open up. Yep. What? Why did you go there? I says, Well, I love your people, I love your culture, and I love your history. And so then the doors just start opening up. We talk about family. We talk about children. And it's truly amazing to see how open they are.
1: Do you use the word adopt with them? Do you say I've I've adopted your country? I <laughs> I love your country. Or how do you? How no, do you phrase that?
2: No, I at that point it's just that we have a special interest. You know, I've I've had the privilege once to travel to your country. So I just want to learn more about the people of Iran.
1: And it like you say, it's such an open door if you've been and I think about this, even you know, in America, if you meet someone in a far off place and they say, Oh, I've been to your city. Well, it's a it's mm-hmm. an open door. It's a connection mm-hmm. point to say, Oh, well, you know, where did you go? Do you have family there? What's how were you there? Let's talk about some of the things, because I know once you adopted this country, God has opened some amazing doors, and not all of which we can talk about publicly. But Mm -hmm. what are some of the doors that God has opened to involve you in what he's doing? And like you said, this started out with what God is doing, and then you got to kind of tag along and see all of that. But what are some of the things that you've been able to do and see as you have been praying for Iran?
2: Inside Iran— there are 80 million people. 70% of the people are under the age of 35. And so you've got a lot of young people in that country that need to hear about Jesus. And so there are various resources, there are various tools that can be released in the country that enables the younger generation to come to know who Jesus is. For example, I bet in your house, everybody in your house has an iPhone or some kind of a phone.
1: That is correct. (laughs) Well,
2: people inside Iran, that one time that we visited, I was amazed. I mean, everybody that you saw had a phone in their hand. And so I thought, how could I use the technology of phones to reach that person? Now, here's where I can't tell you what we do, <laughs> but I can tell you that using modern technology, there are ways in which to allow people in Iran to have access to resources that help them to understand who Jesus is.
1: And I know Voice of the Martyrs is involved in some of that as well. We had uh, Dr. Mike Ansari as a guest previously on VOM Radio talked about an electronic Bible project that we helped to put electronic Bibles on some of those phones, hopefully. (laughs) I love the fact that you're thinking creatively, and I love the fact that you're thinking about other people, because there's a tendency, and I think maybe perhaps this is part of our American personality, that here's this problem, and I need to solve it, as opposed to here's this problem, and who knows the solution that I could go talk to And then I don't have to solve it because they already have. And how do we just cooperate together? You have connected with ministries, American-based ministries, and more Persian-speaking ministries. How does that all work?
2: Obviously, uh, North Americans come to the table, spiritual table, with their paradigm, their worldview. And Persians come to that same table with their worldview. You know, I'll just be honest, there are times when we've had some discussions, <laughs> we've had some disagreements, but the greater cause of seeing 80 million people inside Iran reached for Christ begins to override the differences.
1: Absolutely. So I'm listening, and I want to adopt a country. Advise me on the process of narrowing it down and selecting a country, and how do I go through that process?
2: I would encourage them, if you haven't already, get this map that VUM provides that shows you the 60-plus countries that are restricted. When you get that map, just put it on your table and begin asking the Lord, which one, or maybe there's several, countries you want me to engage?
1: If we're starting to pray, what are some kind of entry-level prayer requests, let's call them? If, you know, I've narrowed it down, this is the country I want to pray for, what are some kind of starting points as far as my prayers?
2: Well, let's start with the family unit first. In any country that you adopt, there are husbands and wives and there are children. So the same types of things you pray for your spouse and for your children would be a great way to start praying for those people in that country that you adopt. Then there are schools, there are businesses, there's all kinds of avenues. Everything that we touch and see here in America They have the same thing in their countries. And so who will be the person that needs that special touch by God?
1: Peter, as we're finishing up today, your heart is for Iran. I know often as you talk about it, you call it our favorite country. We want to equip our listeners to pray specifically this week for Iran. What are some needs in that country right now, both as it relates to the church, to our brothers and sisters, and as it relates to the country as a whole, so that our listeners can pray for Iran this week?
2: A couple years ago, the government of Iran shut down all the building churches where there were Farsi church services. Farsi is a major language in Iran. So what that did is it encouraged people to start house churches. And so maybe a building church only had 500 seats, But now, through the house churches, they're reading thousands. (laughs) And so the government just doesn't quite figure it out yet. (laughs) When you persecute the church, it always rises to the crop. So pray for the house church movement inside Iran as it's growing exponentially. Some of your listeners may have the book Operation World. It's a great prayer guide to pray through every country in the world every day. Well, in the appendix, it says that Iran is the fastest growing church in the world right now, per capita. And so Another way you can pray is for resources to get into the country to help people understand who Jesus is. And as we talked about earlier, a lot of the people are young people. And so they're turning to things like social media, to satellite TV. They're listening and they're waiting. Because believe it or not, the fastest growing religion in Iran is not Islam. It's atheism. A lot of these 20s and 30s realize that Islam is not the way. And so as a Christian, we need to counter that with praying that the Holy Spirit would touch their heart and draw them to himself.
1: And I think the other thing, is, when you talk about how many people are coming to Christ, is just the need for leadership development. And for all these house churches need a pastor. They need a leader. And right. that's a huge challenge, especially in a country where pastors get arrested people go to prison. So I want to encourage our listeners, as we have talked today with Peter, two things. Pray for Iran. Uh, Iran is a country that I hope someday I get to visit. It hasn't worked out yet, but perhaps someday the Lord will open that door. But it is a country of amazing people, amazing hospitality. So pray for Iran this week. And then I want to encourage you, just just sit down and, and ask the Lord, Lord, would you have me adopt a country? Uh, I think his answer will be Yes think about, pray about adopting a country, maybe it's Iran, maybe it's Saudi Arabia, maybe it's North Korea, somewhere that God would, would just lay on your heart that that's a country I want you to pray every day, I want you to think about, I want you to pray for my people there, I want you to pray for a move of my spirit there. I just wanna challenge you this week to, to really think about that.
0: Christians in hostile nations may live far from us, as believers, we know that we are one with them and part of the body of Christ. As such, we can't ignore their suffering. If the Holy Spirit is impressing you to know more and support the work of Voice of the Martyrs, please visit our website at vom.com.au. All donations of $2 and more are tax-deductible in Australia. This has been a production of VOM Oz Radio. Voice for the Persecuted.